Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffitt, CEO of Rob Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends. Like, guess who? My friend Neely Piazza. What do we do, Niels? Do we let friends feed kibble? Never. Don't you want to meet people where they are? No. <laughs> Doctor Jason and I were talking about the same thing. You know, she said, "Yeah, I want to meet people where they are, and then slap them." That's right. That's about the way I feel too. Yeah. I, I, I it's funny. Cause I was thinking about that earlier today. Cause you know, a lot of people say that, but it, it's, and I understand why, but, um, I was watching a, um, a video and I'm like, okay, this is, this is, this is good. And why are there not why has everybody gotten so soft and why are there no hardcore voices out there and where did they go? There used to be at least a couple and um, that whole line came into my head, meet people where they are. And I'm like, no, no. If you meet people where they are, they stay where they are and they're too comfortable. You got to smack them around and wake them up and say, dude, wake up. Smell the coffee. Look at what's going on. Look at what's happening. Use your brain. Wake yourself up out of that stupor and let's move on. I'm not saying that you need to be that to be judgmental or anything like that. I'm not saying you be cruel or derogatory, but no, you <laughs> you can't let people be comfortable where they are. Unless they're in the right place, but you know, those people don't usually seek our help. So Right. And it's not like we're chasing people down to right. 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 We're not we're not chasing people down. People actually come people over and come to us. So if you don't want to hear the answer, don't ask the question. <laughs> and you kind of know the flavor of the podcast. It's not real hard, right? Yeah. You know kinda, where we stand. <laughs> you, you, yeah. We're, we're pretty transparent. <laughs> right. It's it's pretty obvious where we stand. Uh, on a on a lot of subjects, um, you know, Niels, you've been doing a lot of work with d- dogs that are in bad shape. You seem to get those dogs. That's um, good you send them to me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, what you know, I don't, I don't understand homeopathy. I've not studied it. I don't, you know, that's not my gig. That's not my wheelhouse. That is your wheelhouse. So you understand nutrition, and then you understand. Um, how the body wants to naturally heal, whether that's dogs or people, and then you're going to help assist that. That's exactly right. That's the, that's the best way to say it. The body has, the body wants to be in homeostasis. The body wants to be in a state of health. And when it's not, it, it, the, the symptoms you see are the body's reaction to try to equilibrate whatever's going on and go back to homeostasis. So homeopathy takes those, uh, uses those symptoms in order to, um, to see, you know, because disease quote unquote manifests itself in multiple different ways. And so you have to, but you can, uh, you have to address what's in front of you because you don't necessarily know what started it. Right. So everybody's going to be different, but homeopathy works in conjunction with the body's own forces and and systems to to re-equilibrate itself. And it, you know, it does sometimes it's sometimes it's miraculous and immediate and sometimes it takes a really long time. It depends how deep that that disease um, so, you know, how often it's been suppressed, how hard it's been suppressed. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of trial and error to figure out where that, 
um, beginning point was in order to get to the causative, the causative issue. So, um, but you know, and in acute cases, like just yesterday, um, Reva bit the inside of her lip. I, she she got her canine tooth embedded on the inside of her cheek. It didn't go through, but it was it was you know she like so I was looking at her. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Because she kept moving her mouth weird, and I'm like, and one side went up, and the other side wouldn't, and so I just like pulled her lip down and pulled it out from under. So I'm like, oh, that's gonna be fun. So. You just so, thought you just thought she was doing an Elvis impression. Yeah, that's what it looked like. I'm like, oh, that's weird. So anyway, so she has this like puncture wound on the inside of her cheek. And, you know, so by the end of the day, it was, sw- you know, it was swollen. So I gave her appropriate remedies and um, gave her a little bit of little bit of extra loving and this morning the swelling is basically gone and there's no heat there's no nothing so you know it you can have immediate acute success like that and um relief in some situations but um you have to remember that in chronic chronic conditions that didn't happen overnight you may not have seen the symptoms, but that did not happen overnight. So you can't expect it to be cured overnight. And a lot of times there's multiple layers and you have to you have to address what's presenting initially and then something else will present. And you have to address that. And then as you know, as time goes on, but um it that's really in my opinion, and I won't say in my humble opinion, because it's not humble, but in my opinion. Homeopathy is pretty much the only curative modality out there. Well, that's the way I believe that original medicine was done, where you actually looked at the patient and you actually went by layer by layer by layer. And now it's just like, okay, here's the box, jump in it. Uh, Here's your stuff. It it works immediately and goodbye. We got more people to see because we have got to make our profits. Yeah. And, you know, this is the protocol for this complaint. So this is what we're going to do, regardless of what it's caused from. Homeopathy doesn't look at it that way. Right. And I've seen some of the dogs that you've worked with, and I will say it's pretty awesome. Right. Because. the And one that we'll talk about, uh, is it Kuzmi? Kuzmi. Yeah. Kuzmi. Okay. I remember seeing this dog and sent him to you because I said, I, th- I don't, I don't know anybody else that's going to fix this dog. Uh, if you will listen to what, what Neely has to say, but it's taken, I mean, oh, okay. Let me, let me preface this by saying, and I, I should have had a picture here that I could put up, but let me preface this by saying this dog literally had no hair on its stomach. It had black and it even on its you know, on, on the entire under part of its body. Yeah. And she had the, that thickened, dark elephant, elephant textured. Why yeah, does that happen? Was... Why does that dark skin happen? They like say that? it's from yeast, but I, I'm, I don't know that that's the only reason, but she had multiple, she went through the ringer at the vet, just like the majority of them do, you know, she was, when, she, when he came to me with her, she was a year and a half. And he, he told me from the, you know, it started from the get-go. And it took us a while, six, eight months to work through. But each each month, we made a little bit of progress here, a little bit of progress there. And then finally, we got to the point where he said that... um basically everything is good she just we just need to grow her hair back so and it had kind of started to grow back a little bit and so we concentrated on that and i haven't talked to him in i don't know three two or three weeks so i'm not uh quite updated on exactly how 
how much progress we made and if we need to tweak anything there. But she was well on the road to, um, to wellness for sure. So and I, I can't imagine Niels because this dog was itching like crazy. Clearly. She was miserable. She was miserable. miserable. Yeah. And, and kudos I, to her people for sticking with it and being committed and, you know, that doesn't always happen if people don't see they're so accustomed to something happening immediately with pharmaceuticals, be it good or bad, that they don't have the patience or the perseverance to stick with it and to actually look at what's happening and what's changing and to, and to see what caused, caused these things to happen in the first place. And yeah, uh, Kuzmi's mom or dad was all over it. Well, so. and let's let's talk about the three things, the three things that were going into Kuzmi that uh, helped cause this horrific issue. Kibble vaccines and Cytopoint and antibiotics. Four things. And, and you know what? No, Neely, I mean, that is so normal in that world. I mean, we see a ton of dogs that are on. Yeah. That and people protocol. don't think twice about it. He he did. He was not comfortable doing the side of point, but you know, like a lot of people are, they 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 don't know what else to do. But he was like, okay, this, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. So, um, but yeah, most people, you know, and I've said this before, and I've heard a couple of holistic vets start saying it too. It's funny. I start hearing them echoing what i've been saying for years so finally they're catching up but um um they've been listening to you well either that or they came to they came to the same conclusion after actually looking at things but um people are so afraid to feed real food and yet they have no trepidation at all to give them a toxic pharmaceutical. Don't even think twice about it. Don't even look it up to see what it does or what its side effects are or how effective it is or what it is. Or uh, Some people don't even know what it's for. And I'm like, oh my gosh, and you're questioning real food? How does that compute? How does that make any sense at all? It It, it doesn't. It makes no sense. Well, so the question has to be, why do pet parents, the majority of pet parents out there, think that real raw, okay, not kibble and raw infused. I mean, I don't even know what that crap is. I don't even. It's kibble. Um, yeah, it's kibble. <laughs> and, but what what is it that is so frightening to pet parents? What is the thing? That 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 is like oh my gosh it's is it uh, what because we we've been you know told that raw you know raw eggs cause salmonella raw sushi causes this or you know can cause that or what I mean where is this fear I don't know I I don't know people are uh, well their vets warn them against it. Right. And which is which is ridiculous. I mean, dogs have been around how many thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or whatever your belief in evolution is of years. And kibble's been around roughly a hundred. Less. Okay. Yeah. So if raw food is gonna kill your dog, then if that was really true, dogs wouldn't exist because that's what they ate. But before before kibble came around but let's even look at how many and i know we're a very small group all of the manufacturers all of the you know the raw dog food companies if you combined all of us together there's still a very small number of us but let's just take that number they're not dying they're actually getting better right, right? right. you you have a very within that small group um, and it's not because it doesn't work. It's because there are still people that have no idea that raw even exists. 
Um, but inside of that group, we do have some dogs that uh, people will say don't do well on raw. But when we really investigate it, there's other things that are happening. And um, whether that is people are still they're mixing- suppressing if the dogs that don't do well on raw, whatever they are on besides raw is suppressing what their issue is. So you're you're pushing that disease state deeper and you're shortening that dog's life. All for the sake of avoiding a little bit of diarrhea or something ridiculous like that. It's like when a dog has diarrhea, it's because the body is like, oh, thank you, Lord. Now I can get rid of all this toxic stuff that I've been holding on to because I'm not having to close everything down to to minute by minute fight all the toxic inputs. Thank you. Thank you. And then the dog gets diarrhea. The people freak out, take them to the vet. Vet gives them metronide is all destroys, completely destroys, decimates their gut, puts them back on prescription kibble, and the dog dies a horrible death at eight or nine years old. I mean, come on, people. This is why I don't meet people where they are. Wake up. <laughs> I love you. I really do. I don't I mean, I mean I I don't understand the meet people where they are either. Because like you said, if I meet you where they where you are, aren't I advocating for unhealthy behaviors right right like i, mean, I said it's, i'm not judging we all start somewhere i mean i used to feed gibble i you know i i used to vaccinate i used to do all that stuff back in the day there is a point you know where people start but yeah i'm not gonna encourage you to keep doing what you're doing that's for darn sure okay but let's define shaming shall we because it, this this kibble shaming, you know, I'm sorry, my slogan is friends don't let friends feed kibble. And 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 if that offends, okay, well, that's fine. Um, I don't understand this shaming. What okay, in you your opinion and in what you've seen, give, can you give me an example of what shaming looks like, sounds like, is? Um you're a know. terrible pet parent. Okay, that might be it. If if, yeah, if, we... if you're like, oh, you're so stupid. Oh, you're an idiot. Oh, why in the heck are you doing that? That's, you know, you should know better. Or I don't, I don't know. We don't say that. People come to us, ask us a question. And we tell them, no, kibble's not good. That's not kibble shaming. That's like, here, let me help you. Let me help you do something better. How is that shaming? Right? People just. People, this whole don't offend me this, don't offend me that, that's, you know, get over get yourself, over people. So we say get over it. But remember when we were talking about the mask and we were talking about, hey, you might want to wait before you inject that thing in your body. And we yeah. just got slapped and we we're horrible. stuff for that. Well, you know, <laughs> see how that turned out. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> I mean... I still see people out there doing that, but you know, if, 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 if you refuse, yeah, those are the kibble feeders. <laughs> that is kibble shaming right there. We just shamed you. <laughs> no, um, no, uh, it, it's sort of like, um, I, I was talking about this with Dr. Jasek that I, I had, um, a, a new person come over, they were buying bones. And I said, what are we feeding your dog? Well, I'm feeding this kibble because my dog is 25 pounds overweight and uh, it's got, you know, arthritis and we're doing Dasequin and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, can I just give you a sample of raw? Right. Cause he was here in Denver. I could give him uh, a two pound roll to which he called me back and said, oh my gosh, my dog loves this. Um, so I want to order some. But I'm going to do it different than you said, because my vet said, and I said, hang on a second here. Is your vet a raw feeder? No. As a matter of fact, my vet is totally against raw. And I said, why do you argue with me, okay, when you have an unhealthy dog? How do I know? Because 25 pounds overweight and it's got inflammation in his joints, right? Because you're telling me this dog's on desk because he has pain in his joints. Right. So why do you argue with me and believe a vet who knows nothing about it? Now, I don't think that was shaming. I was basically saying, 
that's probably not a good idea. If you want to have a healthier pet, you probably want to listen to the people who actually have healthy pets. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so I I have started... And who knows something about raw, which, you know, unfortunately, vets don't. Most of them, anyway. Right. I mean, if, if I've been feeding raw for almost 24 years now, okay, and we've had this company for at least eight years, right? And we see mm-hmm. how many pets come through here every single year, right? Thousands. There's 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 a thing that says if you have 10,000 hours in something, you're an expert. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty much an expert in this arena. Um, yeah, I think we're experts multiple times over. Yeah. And I'm just saying, give me a chance before you give somebody a chance who is advocating for toxic food. Give me a shot. Okay. Cause what you're doing is not working. If it was working, right. why isn't it working? Right. And if you really believed your vet, why are you willing to step halfway out? That's another thing. You don't, can I say it? Don't, don't half-ass something either whole acid or don't do it at all. Right. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I, I'm into whole ass in it. <laughs> I mean, really. Either, either I mean, even when I make a mistake, I'm doing it all. Right? I'm gonna put my whole ass into it. Okay, the whole sphincter is right there going into it. Hey, I want to ask you about uh this respiratory illness, this mystery funky bacteria. Oh, you mean the new narrative that's they're trying to uh uh set the stage for doggy CVD? Right. So you were in the boarding facility for over 10 years. Was it almost 15 years? 15. Yeah. Okay. So you saw a a lot of kennel cough, I would imagine. Yeah. In in Europe. What, what, what is, what, what I know they're having to say, this is not kennel cough, totally different. Is it? Well, they're saying, from what I can tell, they're saying it's not kennel cough because the quote unquote traditional treatments are not working, but all the symptoms are the same. You know, the, the, um, progression is the same. Sounds like kennel cough to me in my observation over 15 years, um, was that the dogs that were kept home given supportive care um, and let them get over it on their own, just work through it, got better faster and were fine. The dogs that went to the vet and got the traditional antibiotics and some of them would get um, steroids or cough syrup or, or some sort of a cough medication or something like that. They were sicker, longer, and they were the ones that ended up with the complications. So now we're at a point where, and it always happens with the change of weather, come fall, come spring. That's always when the vast majority of it happens. Um, we're at a point where... Um, dogs are having more and more toxic inputs um and they just can't they can't handle any more and so you know the the avoquil and the cytopoint the vaccines all that they're they're um I'll say immune system. It's not exactly what I mean, but that's a topic for another day is just worn out and decimated and doesn't have, doesn't have anything in it. And so they go through, they go through more of this toxic, toxic input and stress and they get sick. I mean, it's the same story. It's just kind of on, quote unquote, on steroids now. You know, it's just and um, 
the media is taking it and running with it, making a big deal out of it. Um, and it, to be honest, you know, the traditional treatments never worked before. So how is this something different just because the traditional treatments don't work? They never worked. So did you read what Dr. Connor Brady, the author of Feeding Dogs, had to say about this? Um, and I did a podcast on this, but basically what he said was two years ago, um, they released a new injectable form of kennel cough uh, vaccine for dogs to replace the old nasal up the nose. Um, well, there's always been the, okay, well, maybe a different one, but the injectable one, there was an injectable one first, and then there was an intranasal one, and then there was an oral one, and uh, none of them worked, by the way. Right. But, anyway, so, but basically what he is asking, he is asking any pet parent, he put out this call. Any pet parent that has a dog that is actually truly experiencing this hacking, coughing, you know, honking type thing that sounds like kennel cough, right? Not just eye discharge because I was talking to Dr. Jasek and she said, yeah, I've got people coming to me because their dogs simply have eye discharge and they think that they're coming down with this, you know, respiratory Go thing. get some eye drops. Maybe it's just something going on in the air. But anywho, um, he wants to know what um, protocol was used on your dog prior to and what protocol, what, what has been, is there a difference? Was your dog vaccinated with something new? Um, what has changed in that protocol? He wants to know. He's starting to document it. Well, he's finally, when he first came on the scene he wasn't hip to the whole vaccine problem but he's gotten schooled pretty hard being in yeah. this being in this um circle of people that he's surrounded himself with wait a minute um, i thought he surrounded himself with the meet them where they are group well everybody but us is meet you where you are oh oh um, it's just us <laughs> just us um i forgot what i was going to say oh um by the way, all of the dogs that I observed having kennel cough were vaccinated, cur current on their kennel cough vaccine. Well, the other Just thing that... FYI. The, yeah. So the other thing that he did point out in, and this was a Facebook post that Brian sent to me that, that Dr. Brady put out. I haven't seen that one yet. I usually see most of his stuff, but I haven't seen that one. Um, but what, what he said was, look... Uh, uh, how does a vaccine injected actually affect something that's just confined to the respiratory tract? I mean, that, well, that's, that's what they, that was their argument for using the intranasal one. It, it, they would say, well, you know, um, this will work better because it actually goes the same route as the virus does. But um, none of them work, but we all know why that is, right? But 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 I I think that people think they work because the dog's not dead. Don't get dead is damn. Well, gee, where have we heard that before? Well, I know it, but I'm just saying that is that's that's that is the fail-safe well, narrative. That is the easy narrative to say nothing that oh, your dog is ex experiencing right nothing that they're experiencing is an adverse effect actually we're just showing you that you could have been dead your dog could have been dead but they're just experiencing these see how they uh-huh oh i know i know i know that's why we don't meet people where they are that's right if you ask us, you're not in a good place. We're going to drag you yelling and screaming out of that place because it's not good there. But, you know, like I, I don't tell my neighbors that have dogs that walk by that I see that their coat looks bad, that they're overweight, that, you know, I hear they're on. I don't say shame on you. I don't say, you know, come I'm on, either. you could do better. I don't say a darn <laughs> thing unless they ask me. Unless they and then ask. And then That's Katie, right. bar the door. You open the door. I'm coming through. 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you no. don't want to the answer, don't ask the question. <laughs> but you know what's really funny is that they're like all smiley and everything at you. And then when you start saying that, their face starts contorting. It's like, you're the enemy. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like that. I'm like, okay, never mind. Let's just be friends. <laughs> But like somebody was talking to me, oh, uh, it was the the girl who cleaned my teeth and she was talking about, you know, because I had the sweatshirt on and she was talking about her dog and that his liver enzymes were up and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it, anyway, she was talking about all these bumps, all these lipomas that are all over her dog. And I'm like, well, basically, it's just the body trying to take out the trash. You got to stop feeding trash you know and I, yeah. yeah because you know lipomas are lipomas are go back to uh, a liver issue because they liver and gallbladder because the body can't assimilate and metabolize fats and oil so it has to store it yucky and and you know what you know we sweet asta's gone as you know and everybody knows but that dog at 15 did not have lump, all those bumps. She didn't have bumps on her. Mm-hmm. So that that's another kind of thing that people that well, that's just normal. It's not normal. No, it's not. It's not normal. But that's a good. That is a really good um, webinar that we should do, Niels, about these fatty lymphomas or whatever you want to call them. Trash, you know, trash ticks. Yeah, there's I mean, stuff in that too. And that that's, you know, um toxins do get stored in um fat tissue, so when if, if you have those, you have to dissolve them slowly because um the toxins are released and the body has to deal with the toxins as they come out too. So it's not one of those things that you just go at fast you have to dissolve them very slowly so that the body can deal with what comes out of them and you do feel that somebody if if, if their pet is you know let's say 10 and they have tons of these bumps all over them that they get actually dissolve them uh i maybe i mean i've seen it happen but i've seen it not happen too so you know it depends yeah Man, there's just there's just so much wrong thinking in in regards to health. And yeah. I look at it for myself. I'm like, well, wait a second. Wait a second. What am I doing yeah. that's wrong thinking? And so this is why I love to be in Dr. Cowan's uh, group on Thursday is because it takes a while, Niels, to be around people that think different. Um, and to, and I do it because I need I need help thinking different on a lot of different things, right? Yeah, we've been so indoctrinated that you know you, you have to. It's a paradigm shift. You have to, and it takes takes support and hearing something over and over and taking the way we have grown up to understand it, um, and hearing the other you know, a different way to look at it or an appropriate way to look at it, I guess. But it's hard to, it's hard to do that. It is hard to do that. I mean, it when, when you're presented with something that totally goes against what you thought was true. Okay. So viruses, all right. Viruses aren't real. And um, you're like, wait, wait a second, right? Wait, wait a minute. I'm going to totally reject that. And the mind just wants to reject it, not listen to it. Because we supposedly have proof because by golly, everybody in the office or everybody in the house got sick or everybody across the country got sick. And I, I, I just think that you have, if your mind is going to change, you have to say, well, something can be possible. And then look at the evidence, look at what's being presented, Right. But most right. of the time, our minds will just reject it. This is because beliefs and truths are very different. Belief That's is just right. something that you just accept, right? You just. Pro 777 says belief is the enemy of knowing. 
You know, I wrote about this in my uh, Snap Yes book where I was talking about, you know, a belief is just, you could just say, you know, I totally believe that this is a uh, duck egg, right? It's actually the finial off my, um, a, uh, you know, and, and I just believe it because somebody told me that I'm not going to do any investigative work or anything like that. I'm not going to really look. I just believe it. And I'm going to hold on to that for the rest of my life. And that really is what what this whole vaccine thing is. And And they said it right when they said it is a belief. It is not necessarily an educated decision. Well, and the whole the whole vaccine theory and viral theory and germ theory altogether have been disproven multiple times over. It's just that that um, is not a popular opinion. And it doesn't help with um, political control or however you want to look at it. And it certainly doesn't help the medical industry. And all that stuff's been covered up. And people just don't look into it. I mean, the whole, uh, the first argument you get about vaccines, well, what about polio? And I'm like, well, what about it? You obviously haven't looked into it because it's just like a, a single layer underneath to find that one out. That one's easy. Uh, you know, and it's the same with all of them. If you look at it and then you have to. Yeah. So I don't know. People are but, just not willing to not willing to do the work. Oh, I, I and the other part is people are not willing to take responsibility. If I can't if I can't just hand all this over to my doctor, then, oh, my goodness, or my vet oh my, then I have to take responsibility and control over what I do. Well, and like like I've said before, though, if there aren't places that people can go to get an opposing view or to get another opinion, right, like you, like Dr. Jasek, then, then, then I get it why people would be stuck. Because they, they, they don't have a place to go for their answers. That is that is one of the things that you've said, Dr. Jasek has said about the typical veterinary medicine or even pharmaceutical medicine is that they don't have any other tools in your toolbox. If you only have a yeah. toolbox that has these certain things, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, hammer, everything's a nail. Right. So that's all you can do. Somebody's coming to you. They need an answer. They need help. You go, well... Here's all I've got to help you with. And that may be the wrong thing, but that's all I got. Yep. So, so there, people need to be aware of where they can go to get a different co- opinion, uh, perspective, facts. Um, and this is the problem that I just think that that is one of the reasons that censorship was so important to the people who don't want any more tools to be available. That's what censorship to me is all about. It's like, you know, when when was it dangerous uh, for people to have knowledge, right? <laughs> that, that sounds like back in the slave days where they were like, oh, we can't, we can't let anybody read. We can't let them be, um, you know, intelligent. We can't let them make a decision for themselves because then that will endanger our, um, our position, our position. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is insanity to me, but, but, but you still have a lot of people that are like, Oh, that's dangerous. What is dangerous? Because remember that whole narrative was, um, you're going to kill people by telling them to look at facts and, and to wait to really educate themselves. You're going to kill people. It's like, that, that was should have been people's first clue as to why would they say something like that? I mean, why, why the way the narrative shifted and reversed and, you know, put it, it's like that. If you don't agree with me, you're racist. You know, you're an anti-Semite. You're the, the whole name calling thing. That should have been the first clue of being like, wow wait a minute or um it, you know people th- throw around the whole you're an anti-vaxxer i'm like yeah so 
Is yeah, that supposed so, to make me feel bad? Am I supposed to argue with that with you about that? I'm not going to argue about that. I wear that label proudly. Thank you very much. <laughs> but they would say, um, and we've heard this in the dog community from some people who have some powerful voices out there that say, why are you making light of this respiratory illness when dogs are dying? And, and first I say, what dogs? Where? Yeah. How many? Well, it, dogs die every day from stuff that you do to them. Yeah, so, but we're but we're going to categorize it as the respiratory illness. Where have we heard this before? I don't care if your dog got hit by a car. It was coughing before it got hit by a car. Therefore, it died of respiratory illness. That's right. That's right. I, and, I, you know, dog. They, I'm sure there's sick dogs out there. There's always sick dogs out there this time of year. They always. And it's it's respiratory. I mean, anytime there's a change in weather, you end up with a respiratory issue. And then you have, um, it, you know, uh, all these preventative measures, all this stuff it is, is toxic to, I mean, you GI issues are related to mucus and phlegm, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a respiratory problem that originates in the gut. So all this stuff is connected. And there's nothing new under the sun. It's this is not something new. This is this is, you know, if your dog's sick, I'm sorry. Don't vaccinate it anymore. Don't give it any pharmaceuticals and feed it real food. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: um, if a dog, okay, knock on wood, does have this kennel cough and you've seen it a million times even if they're gonna say it's not kennel cough whatever let's you've seen it people people are 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 worried and they're trying to um give their dog you know some sort of palliative care is that the right word yeah uh yeah. so what would you say what would you say if if they got a coffee dog Well, <laughs> what what do you do when you have a coffee kid? I mean, you put a mask keep, on them, keep them home, keep um, reduce stress, feed them good food. You know, bone broth is great. Um, homeopathy is great. If you don't, you know, if you don't know what to do about that, then uh, you should talk to talk to somebody that does. But um, that's you. No, I, yeah. All coughs are different, you know, and kennel cough is not one thing. It's like any any uh, respiratory issue that a dog has. If he's been to the park, been to the kennel, or been to the groomer, is classified as kennel cough. Any anything doesn't matter what it is. And they always treat it with antibiotics and some sort of a cough suppressant. So we know what antibiotics do. Antibiotics are toxic, toxic to everything, to everything. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, and and uh, uh, let me let, does the statement uh, if the body needs to get rid of something, it will cough, and therefore we need to keep letting it cough. Does that apply in this situation? Well, that always applies. The body's if the body is reacting, the symptoms are a reaction to an insult. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the body's strategy to equalize or equilibrate whatever the insult is. So, you know, you don't want you don't want your dog to be miserable, but you don't want to stop the body from um, 
going through that process. If you suppress right. that process, then it's going to come out, come out later worse or go deeper and come out in a whole different way that is going to be more traumatic and dangerous than what it is, which is how you end up with dogs that end up with pneumonia. Right. But explain that. Well, they suppress what's presenting and it goes deeper and comes out as pneumonia. So don't do that. We're going to, we're going to get you a shirt and it's going to say, don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, Okay. Then and the put other- a picture of a put a picture of a syringe with a needle on it um, above it. Don't do that. <laughs> well, you would have to have needles and then pills and kibble yeah. and yeah, you would have to have yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, if viruses don't really exist because there's been no proof, there have been ample tests, and viruses don't exist, then you really don't have to fear that your dog is going to spread that to another dog. Right. Right. It's not. Yeah. Contagion is not a thing either. It's not, it's not. uh, I mean, so your, your energetic field, uh, living things are, have a magnetism or a, a life force or field around them. Right. So, you know, if you're with a person that's really happy, it rubs off on you, right? If you're with a person that's depressed, that rubs off on you too. So that's just kind of a, a um, simplistic example of how you can transfer something from being to being. It's not like a germ or a some sort of an infectious agent that's passing from one to another. Um, you know, and if you have dogs that are together that a group of them get sick, well, you know, maybe there's something in wherever they were, something toxic on the floor. Maybe there's super high EMF pulses. Maybe there, you know, who knows? It's not something that's coming, a a germ coming from one passing to another. That's not the way that works. And, and a lot of people would say, well, that's crazy. That's just your opinion. And that's, that's not, that's not really true. However, when you look at the studies, guys, when you really look at how they have tried to make well people sick. All all contagion papers that prove contagion, look at the method section. It's like um, like with polio. The only way they could um, make polio contagious was to take a monkey's brain out of its head, grind it up put it in a syringe and inject it into another monkey's head. And it still took them three or four tries before they actually got that monkey to be paralyzed. Oh, there it is. It's contagious. How is that contagious? How is that going to happen? How many monkeys, you know, out there bashing each other on the head, crushing up each other's brains and shooting it into the next one. How does that work? Okay. That's tragic. And first of all, I, I would contend that if you shot anything in a monkey's head, it might. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. They didn't do it with the crap from the other monkey versus with saline. I bet you the saline would have done the same thing. Right? Why didn't we just have the monkey cough or lick the other monkey or French him they or did. something they like that? Work. They did. They did all that. None of that worked. It's like um, with the Spanish flu when they did all the Rosenau studies, when they did all all those tests trying to get the guys that were in the bed fixing to die to transmit it to healthy people. Not a single person got sick, regard, no matter what they tried. They had them breathing on each other. They had them coughing into each other's mouths. They had them talking to each other nose to nose. Um, they had them swapping spit, not like kissing each other, but not a single person got sick. They did the same thing with horses. Horses were getting it too. So they would take feedbacks from a, a snotty sick horse and put it on a healthy. They couldn't make the horses sick either. So there's all kinds of studies that disprove contagion. 
Yeah. And I, I think that a great place that people can go for in, information is the Weston A. Price Institute. There's a lot of information over there as well. Um, also, the movie, is it called Terrain by Dr. Kaufman? Is Dr. That Kaufman and Marcy, I forget her last name. Yeah, it's called Terrain. Um, you can find it on YouTube, uh, ScrewTube, but uh, it's out there. Maybe it's on Rumble as well. Uh, we have a Rumble page, by the way, guys. If you've not checked out our Rumble page, we have little shorts, um, short videos from um, these podcasts that are over there. And so you can go over and, and see those. Those are about a minute long um, on our Rumble page, Raw Dog Food and Company. So I would definitely get over there and take a look. Listen, I think working with Neely Piazza is invaluable. And if you have a dog that is just the, you know, like we the worst of the worst, even if it's not the worst of the worst, but I'm just saying, um, if you got to unwind something, you got to work with somebody who has the time, who has the knowledge, who has the patience. And that is not going to be somebody in the traditional medical field. That is not the way they're set up, guys. They have 15 minutes. They have, uh, you know, you got to fit in this peg and they keep putting in some of the things that have caused it in the first place. So how are you going to unwind that? You're going to have to work with somebody like Neely Piazza. You can find Neely on my experts page, okay, in the learning center, or you can go directly to her website, which is whole, W-H-O-L-E, animalwellness.com, wholeanimalwellness.com and get signed up with Neely. Um, let her take a look at what you're doing. Listen, she can look at the diet and say, you want to get that out of it. Like, you know, big jugs of salmon oil from Amazon. Yeah, don't do Don't do that. Those are, those are probably pretty <laughs> rancid. <laughs> so we don't want to be doing something like that. And it's also in plastic. It's like in the big plastic thing. So that's not something you want to do. But get over to whole animalwellness.com. You can work with Neely. And also remember guys, you got to get your dog on a species appropriate diet. You, you, you got to get that part right. You yep. cannot be. Nothing feed else a, is going to, nothing else is going to stick. Unless right, you, you can't, do that. Yeah. You can't do a chemical soup and expect your dog to be healthy. Um, if you do believe that you can eat donuts and cereal all day and crackers um, and cake and and ice cream and be healthy, then then maybe um, maybe it's not a good idea for you to talk to us because we're not going to meet you where you are on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business. And what, Neely Piazza? Friends don't let friends feed kibble. Don't That's do that. Right. Don't do that. I'm getting you that shirt. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, snap. snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. Just snap.